This is Mount Pleasant United Methodist Church. Welcome to our sermon podcast. Worship is um, so complicated, even in the best of times. And in our current situation, um, not being able to gather here in the sanctuary makes it even so much harder to understand what is the role of worship in our lives. Over the years, I found that it is so much more than just kind of going through the motions, um, looking at our watch, watching the passage of time, putting in an hour, passing the plates when they come your way. Worship is so much more than just the duty, the rules and the rituals that we go through. And I wonder as you gather with us this morning, um, if we would take a look at what is worship. What does it mean for us to gather as a community through this new technology? I'm finding that worship is essential to what it means to be a human being. Uh, We all worship something. The problem is that sometimes we kid ourselves in believing that we worship the right thing. And so this morning as we gather, let's take a look at uh, who we are as, as a church, as a community, and especially as those that are called by Christ to do more in our world. Through this new technology, we're able to reach people in a different way. We're able to reach uh, across time and space. But I can't help but wonder if in the process, if we're not sterilizing it a little bit. What I mean is, is that now this time of worship, you can take whenever you want, whenever it's convenient. You can hit the pause button and something urgent comes up. And maybe you can skip through the parts that you don't like, get to the parts that you do like. Maybe you can put it on hold and and send it for a a different day or a different time. It's more convenient for you. See, in the old days, when people used to gather for church, they would put on their Sunday best. That's kind of why I decided I was going to get a tie today, put on my tie. But I also wear my blue jeans because there's a reason for that. I think Jesus was probably a a more of a blue jeans kind of a guy. Um, He was more with the the working class. Um, He didn't go so much for the pomp and circumstance. But I also think that there's a role for the tie. I, I think that there's a role for the sacred in our lives. And I I wonder if some of that is beginning to, to fade, that, that we're losing that wonder, that mystery, um, the majesty of God, the awe and the wonder is slowly somehow slipping through our fingers. Um, we no longer really feel a sense of the sacred in our lives. Everything is secular. Everything is at top speed. Everything is about what we can gain while we can gain it. You know, in the Middle Ages, um, people used to spend decades building cathedrals. You know, you probably have seen the pictures of whether it was uh, Notre Dame or some of the beautiful uh, cathedrals, uh, Westminster Abbey, some of the beautiful cathedrals that have stood the test of time. And in those cathedrals, what they were trying to do is, is create something that elevated the gaze of just saying, I, you know, as farmers, as peasants, We live our lives in the mundane, but there's something sacred that is happening in our world. There's something to lift your gaze. And so they created these huge edifices in order for us to look up and to wonder and to dream and to to imagine the sovereignty of God. 
And, and I can't help but wonder if in, in our own technology, in order to reach out to one another, that in order to make everything more convenient, more accessible, that we've also lost the sense of the sacred. We've also lost a little bit of the mystery, the, the wonder of who God is. Now we get God on demand, right? All you have to do is tune in to Facebook, pull up the latest video, and there he is. All you have to do is call him up and, and he will respond. I can't help but wonder if we're not deluding ourselves just a little bit. You know, there was a time where people would dress in ties, and, and I'm not saying that we go back there. I remember people used to talk about how uh, in the old days, uh, the ladies would wear big hats um, and the white gloves. Um, I have this wonderful picture at my home. Uh, when I was a little boy, my mom made us all leisure suits. Uh, if, you, if you don't know what a leisure suit is, Google it, right? It's on demand. Um, it's not a great thing. Uh, but it is a wonderful, it was a wonderful moment that on Easter, everybody would dress up in the same Easter outfits because this is a special time. But now because of technology, and I'm not, I'm not poo-pooing technology. Technology is a good thing. Um, technology allows us to grow in ways that we never imagined possible. But in the process, it is substituting itself for what is sacred in our lives. Now, you can be sitting there this morning instead of here in the sanctuary. You can be home in your couch under the covers in your jammies, just watching God at leisure, and we've lost something. And I can't help but wonder if we need to regain some of what we've lost. Um, and so this morning, as you go through this, as you watch this video, I want you to ask a hard question. Have we, have we worshiped today? And I don't mean, have we gone through the ritual? Of course we've gone through the ritual. But has God been glorified by what we've done? By what we're doing? Is God pleased with who we are? With who we're becoming? Has my presence here today, has the solitude, the, the quiet, has the prayers, the, the songs, has the music, has it, has it changed me? Has it awakened me to, to something even more? In the book of, in the, prophet Mike, uh, in the prophet Micah, God was talking to people about how they'd lost that wonder, that mystery. They'd lost that sense of the grandeur, the extravagance, the glory of God, and they were just kind of going through the motions. And he said this in Micah chapter 6, verse 8, the one that you, you probably know by heart. He has shown you, O mortal, or another translation says, he has shown you, O human, what is good. And what does the Lord ask of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. I think if we combine those elements, if we can begin to, to understand what that means, um, to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God, then we will understand what it means to worship at our very core, to get to who we are. So the question that I want to ask you this morning is, are you fully present with God? Even through the technology, whether you're, you're watching this on your phone, watching it on your computer, 
Are you fully present and are you fully aware of God speaking to you? You, where you are, calling you by name and said, I want this time. There's so much that I want to share with you. So much about who you are and who you can become. Are you fully present and fully aware? So there's a couple of things that I want us to get to today. And I wanted to begin by looking at uh, Isaiah chapter 29, verse 13. This is, the reason that I do this is because this was, uh, Isaiah was an Old Testament prophet that was speaking to, to Israel. But Jesus also repeats this in Matthew's gospel about the way the people were, were worshiping. And, and I think it's a good warning for us to take stock of, to ask, you're just going through the motions. Your heart's not there. In Isaiah 29, verse 13, the Lord says, these people, they come near to me with their mouths and they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship, their worship of me is based merely on human rules that they have been taught. Where is your heart this morning? What, what do you desire? There was no passion. There was no feeling. There was no depth. There was no tenderness. There was no desire for God's heart. There was simply going through the motions. Where is your vulnerability? Where is your heart this morning? Where do you long for God to know you at your deepest place? Is there a way that we can get into a sense of worship to understand what God is asking of us and, and how God wants to elevate us? In the parable of the prodigal son, the son turned towards home, and when the father saw him in the distance, he began to run towards him. I can't help but wondering right where you are if the father is pleading you to come to a deeper place. These people, they, they honor me with their, their mouths and and they praise me with their lips, but their hearts aren't in it. They're looking more at their watch than they are the state of their heart. And, and all I really want from them is to walk humbly, to just walk with them and talk with them. In John chapter 4, Jesus is talking. He said, God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in spirit and truth. Are you ready to worship both in spirit and truth, to be confronted with the reality of the world in which we live, who we are and who we're becoming, but also with the grace that God will strengthen you along the way if you're willing to do the work necessary? There's a couple of things that I want us to think about this morning as you think about the journey that we're on. The first thing is about true, honest-to-goodness worship is that we must stand before a holy God. In the Middle Ages, when they built those cathedrals, the, ident the, the intention was to so overwhelm the senses with both the height and the grandeur, the music, as well as the stained glass. We, we have stained glass, right? This is, if you will, uh, Middle Age multimedia. This was a way of expressing something that just words were incapable of to draw your attention up and to, to capture your imagination of who God is, to stand before the holiness of God, the creator of the universe, of all that is, all that was, and all that ever will be, and to trust that he is calling you by name to something more. In Exodus chapter 3, God is calling this 
Hebrew, this Egyptian Hebrew guy by the name of Moses. And Moses happens to stumble upon a burning bush, a bush that is a flame, but it is not consumed by the flame. The, the eminence of God, the, the grandeur of the created order is contained within that bush. And as Moses approaches to look, he hears these amazing words from Exodus chapter three, do not come any closer, take off your shoes for the ground on which you are walking is holy ground. When was the last time you ever felt that you needed to take off your shoes? For God was in that place. This is holy ground. You see, it's hard sometimes when we're in our living room or we're in our kitchen or we're, we're in the airport watching a, a video to feel that this is holy ground. But sometimes we have to get in a different position. We have to understand that you know, God doesn't just come to us to meet our timetable. That sometimes our worship means that there's a reverence, a deep sense of awe and wonder at the sacred moments of life. Our time of worship every Sunday morning is a time not just to kind of go through the motions and say, yes, you should be in church. That's a rule. But more importantly, that it's a moment to just get outside of your schedule, outside of your to-do list, and look at the beauty and the grandeur of what God is doing. Viktor Frankl once said that when a person can't find a deep sense of meaning, they will distract themselves with pleasure. If we're unable to find the sacred in our lives, that emptiness, that vacuum will be filled with entertainment will be filled with our schedule, will be filled with pleasure in order to take away the emptiness that we all feel. Do you have a sense of God's sacred presence this morning? So if God was gonna ask you, what would he ask you as you approach that bush? Take off your shoes. This is holy ground. I'm about to reveal to you things that you did not know about yourself and about the world in which you live. Do you think he would ask you some questions about your attitude, about your character, about the things that you consume? Would he talk to you about your faith? Are you willing to trust God with the things that you do not know simply because you know his heart? You can only know God's heart when you stand on that holy ground. And so I wanna ask you again, do you know the last time you were on holy ground? I don't think that Moses ventured there because it was holy ground. He almost stumbled upon it. And sometimes we don't plan and we don't schedule a holy moment with God, but we do look for them. We do seek them out for that is the moment that it reveals who we truly are in life. The second thing that I want us to understand in true worship is coming to that understanding that we are saved because of a terrible sacrifice. And I say it that way because we have to understand the death of Jesus, the, the passion, the, the flogging, the crown of thorns, the hours of agony on the cross 
all because of you. When was the last time we really took time to say thank you? Well, there's a novel thought. When was the last time you really understood that your life as a believer in this community is because someone paid the ultimate price for you? In Romans chapter 5, Paul writes, he said, God demonstrated his own love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, God, Jesus died for us. That proves God's love towards us. Because of all of that, while we were in rebellion, we were given a second chance. True worship is a recognition of how deep God loves us. Somebody once said, I think it was, somebody told me it was Karl Marx, that once said that religion is the opium of the masses, which means that it helps you get through a hard day. It helps you deal with death and suffering. We actually believe that Christianity is more like smelling salts. It's here to wake you up to the reality of the world in which you live. It is so easy to get numb to the reality. It's just more work, more bad news, more quarantine and more isolation. But when was the last time you ever said thank you? Thank you that you have hope that is unending, that Jesus said, I, I will never leave you or forsake you, and you can take him at, at his word to recognize all of the suffering that went on because of you. I think those two are, are, are critical, that we have that sacred moment where we just need to take off our shoes and stand vulnerable before a holy and righteous God, completely at his mercy. There's nothing we can say. There's nothing we can point to and say, we deserve this. And then to look at the death and the suffering of Christ, who did it simply that you might believe. Trust in God, he said. Trust also in me. And finally, it comes to the last thing. It, that all com culminates in one great final. We become fully human by how we respond to it. Repentance simply means to change your mind, to change your thinking, to, to be heading down one direction and change and go back in another direction. And what Jesus is trying to tell us is that through repentance, we become fully human. Your identity as a human being, as a fully human breathing spirit has been hijacked from you. Because of sin, you have sacrificed the better angels of your nature. You have done away with who you really are in order to become what everybody else wanted you to be. And so if you've had that sacred moment, just like Moses, if you've had that sacred moment in the presence of a holy God and, and then understood the sacrifice that he made, and then you respond. But, but how do you respond? Because there's many different responses. Does it mean more time? It only means one thing. It means gratitude. Now that gratitude takes many, many shapes. When you are fully grateful for all that God has given you, your family, your friends, your future, the promise that he has of, of tomorrow, is there anything that you would withhold from somebody that has a love like that? 
Is it your money? Oh, he can't have that. Then you haven't responded yet. Is it your time or your talents? Oh, he can't have that. Then you haven't been in the sacred presence of a holy God who owns it all anyway. Nothing becomes real until it becomes personal. And nothing becomes personal until it's put into practice. See, gratitude believes in living from the inside out. That's the change that Jesus is really talking about. Repentance means instead of changing you know, just your mind, instead of just living from outside, letting everybody else dictate what you should and shouldn't do, you live from the inside, the fullness of a healthy, vibrant spirit, a heart that is overflowing with love and gratitude. If you have gratitude, then you have everything. If you are grateful, then you have to have somebody that you're grateful to. And so the challenge for you this morning, right where you are, is are you grateful? Are you grateful for the problems that you have for they make you stronger? Are you grateful sometimes for the loneliness because it makes you appreciate people all the, all the more. You see, sometimes when we are in the presence of a holy God and, and we know what he's done for us, we just bubble over with gratitude. It's not something that we have to be taught. It's about the, the purposes that we serve and the principles and how much God is working within you. See, God wants to use your potential there's so much hidden within you that when you were born, and in, in the old days, right, the, the doctor used to smack the baby and it used to just scream for joy that a life had been born into the world. And at that moment, God had such wonders and plans and, and talents embedded in this little life. But as the years grow on and, and we all get older, those hurts and those pains, they seep into us and they tell us that we can't do it or we shouldn't do it or that we'll be made fun of or people will ridicule us and we step aside. But it's sometimes we have to put all of those pains aside by looking more to the sacred moments. Moses had a horrible childhood. He grew up in Egypt and he fled Egypt in, in terror because he had killed an Egyptian and he lived as a shepherd. And, and I can't help but wonder if Moses just at one point or another felt like his life was over, right? I'm done. This is it. I once lived in a palace, but now I'm living with these stinky sheep. Until he stepped on holy ground and he experienced the transcendent power of an omnipotent God. Jesus wants that for you as well. And he says, trust me. Come follow me, and I will make you fishers of a whole new generation. Now the question is up to you. In worship, we respond in gratitude. We lift our eyes towards heaven and say, Who am I that thou art mindful of me? As we begin to grow together, I hope that you will find a true sense of worship by being on sacred ground, and I hope that sometimes it would be wonderful if at some time during our conversation, you just slipped your shoes right off and said, God's been speaking to me about what I can become, not where I'm at, but where I can go together. 
Friends, if you felt like that, if you felt God is calling you or you felt that you need a new start and, and you want to reach out, I just want to ask a special prayer for you. I'm going to pray for all of us. But I want you right now, right where you are, to make a commitment, take that next step and contact us and let us know so that we can help you on your journey. We're all seeking to go deeper, to find that wonderful place where spirit and the secular world merge as one and everything is worship. Everything is about the transcendent power of God in our lives. Friends, I wanna ask this prayer and this blessing as we finish today. Father God, we have come here to worship. We've come to just offer our lives to sacrifice who we are before the altar of your grace, asking that you not turn us away because of our sins, because of our doubts and our fears, but because we want you to fill us with who we can become. Re-energize us, help us to believe in all the good things that you have in store for us and never fail. We have come to take off our shoes before the holy ground, to, to look and to marvel at the cross and the sacrifice that you have given to us and to respond with gratitude and to begin to change this world and to offer our lives that others may know. I pray for those that have rededicated their lives. Help them, Father, to reach out and to begin the new journey, the path that lies before them with joy and enthusiasm and inspiration. We come together as one body. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.